Yo, it's your host, Rizari Doug Science. How's everyone doing? Uh, this is episode two of Diary of a City Science Kid podcast. And today's episode is on London black on black gangs. And a bonus topic of this podcast, of this episode, is Ghana. Ghana in space. I quite like that. That's a bonus topic. I know it's, it's quite different from uh, <laughs> the, 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 the main title, but I like it and I know you guys will like it too. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay, so this episode is a bit of a... <laughs> it's a bit of a, a, a touchy, a touchy... Uh, yeah, it's a bit. This one's a bit, a little, a little dark. Like uh, knowing um, what's going on, probably have heard like uh, knife crime in London has gone up, etc., etc., etc. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I thought um, I'd like to just have a little talk on it. But the perspective that I'm going to come at is a bit more of a holistic perspective, as opposed to catching up granular things of that topic and just focusing on it just a bit more of a holistic way so just to help you guys see um, what's going on as, and from my perspective so i'm adding to this conversation i'm fully aware that i i feel like i'll be discussing this topic another time as well because at this moment in time i'm the only one talking i'd like to have other people to come on and speak on it as well because you know having a good debate having a good uh, uh, understanding people can ask you questions to bring out different things and you can ask them questions to bring out different things to the conversation that doesn't exist or it's quite fresh that's why i quite love um debates and talking to other people but don't worry don't worry we'll be getting some people on soon <laughs> but um the first ep- the first season is just mostly just myself and dialoguing um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure we'd cover this topic. We will cover this topic again. But for now, it's me, myself, and I. So yeah, this topic is a bit. Um, it's a it's, it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit crazy. It's a bit crazy. Um, so there's a lot of um, wherever you are in the world, uh, there's a a bit of a problem in London when it comes to gang culture uh, <laughs> that is basically I'm speaking on a media point of view so that is what's projected and yeah it is it is a problem when you're inside it or if you're next to it if you're in proximity to it so yeah it is it is crazy um, let's just get this um, some statistics from the media I guess these are just statistics don't say nothing but let's just find some so like okay i like having perspective um statistics it's good add to the conversation and i like to ask where these statistics come from i like to ask what they are but i'll just give it to you give me a second So about this. Um I had the, the statistics up, but it's just <laughs> playing up. Uh Okay, got it. So basically, um, this is just I'm, this is statistics just for London. So London re- recorded the highest rate of 169 offences involving a knife per 100,000 population. Uh, basis recorded in 2018 to 2019, a slight increase on rate of 167 in 2017 and 2018. Uh, so 
Yeah, so this is basically knife crime, and usually they equate knife crime to gang. I think this is a bit ridiculous. Like, knife crime can be domestic. <laughs> it can be a whole multitude of things. You see what I'm trying to say? So, okay, that's 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 what that statistics is saying. But I want to really understand what's going on. Um, you hear a lot of people talk about black on black violence. First of all, black on black violence is a thing where it started. It is it's a term coined. Uh, was coined for like America, especially the Crips and Bloods in America. That's what that term was coined um, when they were having their beef. They would term that black on black violence. But the thing is, it's a bit funny because like if you're in a predominantly black community, obviously it's going to be black on black crime because you're that's the proximity, that's the community. If you know, if you're a white person in a white community, obviously you're going to get a lot of white and white crime because that's the proximity. That's who you're around. <laughs> Um, if you're in Africa, there's always there's only black people, so terminologies are just a little bit fickle. But however, um, looking at London, um, uh, London um, gang culture, crime, etc. Yeah, there's a, there is a problem. There is a challenge um, amongst the black community, amongst black people, and that's what I'm going to be focusing on. I'm not. Um, going to be focusing on uh, it on a large first and foremost I grew up in London uh, when I look at what's going on it's not just black people I know my Turkish brothers uh, my Bangui brothers <laughs> it's a it's, it's, there's something going on in London itself and um, when it comes to black people in London, yeah, there is some. It's been like stabbings, things of that nature, which is pretty gruesome. But I, the reason why I bring this up, um, why is it happening in London? Like, why is black people killing each other in London? Like, what's going on? This is some perspective. Like, this is some um, understanding that's going around. Like, black people are killing each other. Like, what's going on? So, in 2019. Now we're jump, jumping out a little bit. In 2019, I went to Ghana, right? I went to Ghana. Um, there's something called the Ghana Year of Return. Hey, Charlie. Ghana Year of Return 2019 December was a motion. Was a motive. Hey, it was so sick. Like, it was so... I've never felt my continent, Ghana, being this live in my life i remember meeting a lot of african-americans meeting um black people from all parts of the, the diaspora coming to just coming to enjoy africa it was so good it was just lit I, the vibe everywhere there was just music playing everywhere you had there's something going on everywhere like the, the feeling of going back to the motherland there's there's nothing that compares to it nothing it was such a vibe so basically the year of return was um an initiative to get the whole diaspora to come into one place people from africa especially the african-americans to come to 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 africa a way for them to come back to get the roots to feel uh, where they come from just doorway a doorway so that they can explore other parts of africa and I remember seeing Ghanaians from Germany come back, um, Ghanaians from the UK, Ghanaians from America, Nigerians were there, Somalians were there, my, even my white friends in the in the UK. I was like, seeing them out, they were like, what are you doing here? And they're like, I just come to enjoy Afro Nation and stuff. I was like, it was just lit. When I mean lit, it was lit. And I'm just so proud that it was Africa. I'm so proud that Ghana was able to to, to, to accompany this. Because the energy, the buzz everywhere that you went. When we were going to the cinema, the buzz was just everywhere in Ghana. It was just, uh, it was lovely. The reason why I bring this um, is because I like to see culture. Culture plays a big part in everything that we do. Culture has a big part, plays a very big part in every single thing that we do. It influences us in everything that we do. 
It influences our mind, influences our thinking, it, it influences our behavior and our mannerisms. Going back to the motherland and going back to my mother's village, like going back to the roots, my roots, it just felt good. It just felt good. And I'm always thinking and asking questions. In London, black mothers and fathers, one of the things I'm talking about recently, I'm not talking about 10 years, 20 years ago, but recently, a lot of their worries when their children go to school is that they're worried that they may get stabbed. They may get, um, they may get stabbed or shot. What a fear to have as a parent. That's a crazy fear to have as a parent. But these same black families, Ghanaians, when I went to Ghana, the same Ghana black people, that is not a fear that parents have when their children go to school in Ghana. That is not a fear. They do not fear if their children will be stabbed when they are coming home from school. That is not a fear. That is not a fear in Ghana. So I ask myself the question, why is that not a fear here? Why is why is this this thing that's, that is connected to black people? Why is that not a fear here? Why do you parents in this country, in Ghana here, why is that not a fear here? But when you go over the pond and go to another country, London, a city in London, why is that fear now a thing? Why is it a thing where black on black? violence wait wait wait, wait. <laughs> what go on you see me like what go on <laughs> what are going <laughs> so like i asked this question i'll just 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 think so some of the fears in ghana their fear some of them um is depending on your your your, your economic value is that uh the children are they going to be are they going to eat um safety especially when it comes to road accidents that's a bit more of a fear um for parents in ghana because uh driving in ghana is is crazy (laughs) it is crazy i remember driving out there like um driving my mom's um four by four hey it's not easy driving out there there's no give way there's that's one rule that's an underground rule is there's no give way so driving is reckless there's accidents going on everywhere um, it's mad. So that is a fear that parents have when their children go to school, it, hoping they don't get into an accident or anything like that. But being stabbed by another kid? No, that's not a fear. That's definitely not a fear that a parent have in Ghana. There's other fears that they have, but that's not on the top. So I was curious and I was looking at culture. Culture is a beautiful thing, guys. Culture is a beautiful thing we feed into a culture culture we have new cultures coming in and going out and you have cultures that stay for a very long time and remnants of that culture stay for a very long time and it evolves a bit Ghanaians definitely have a culture Ghanaians definitely have a culture and London definitely has its own culture London culture Ghanaian culture they're two different cultures, but they definitely are a thing. And like I said, culture influences you. There's a guy called Jason Silva. I love this guy. He's like a futurist. Uh, he loves talking science. He's uh, he, he's 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 a. I can just describe him as a futurist. His name is Jason Silva. He said this. He says that what we create, innovations that we create then in turn shapes and creates us back whatever we create then shapes and creates us shapes us shapes us back it influences us so whatever we create it influences us back and this is the same with culture when we create we help to create culture and that culture also helps to shape us back so when i look at Ghanaian culture it's quite a peaceful. When people, know, uh, when people speak about Ghanaians, 
no no culture is perfect and nobody's perfect <laughs> definitely not but when you speak of Ghanaian culture and I, I listen to Ghanaian music the mannerisms of Ghana it's more of a it's more of a, a peace seeking culture Ghanaians are more peace seeking very vibrant very vibrant culture love dancing but the way the mannerisms is very it's very peace seeking like the way the way people speak the mannerisms more chilled um not easy to get to anger because it's certain and, and what builds up to these type of things it's 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 um terminologies it's when i look at Ghanaian adding crass symbols uh, uh, all of these is like God is with us like there's there's different ways that they speak and um, philosophies is part of culture Ghanaians are more uh, take it easy before reacting um, peace is better than than, than, than winning um, these things all build in Ghanaian culture and all I've got to say for you is just interact with Ghanaian culture and you see what I'm talking about. Me talking like this is <laughs> it's just a little pointer for you to see what, 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 what I've experienced from Ghanaian culture. So if you want to just experience Ghanaian culture and see what I'm talking about, it's a more peace-seeking, peace-seeking culture. Vibrant, um, laughing. Ghanaians are crowned for laughing. Like when you see a Ghanaian, you, you know them for smiling. The dancing Ghanaians, the smiling Ghanaians. So culture plays a big part in our mannerisms. Of course, you're going to get all types of people in any type of culture, but whatever culture that's influencing you shapes how you think. And we are interacting with several, multiple different cultures at any given time. We are uh, interacting with many, many different cultures many different cultures many like, as in like men culture as a man there's a culture maybe that's surrounded by being a man simply being a man we interact with it the town that you're living in there's a culture in your town that you live in you interact with it it's like think of it as like a cloud like a phone when you're interfacing your laptop or whatever to the internet or to the cloud to, to a cloud system you're interacting with what's in the cloud. It influences your your system, um, your your mobile system. So we are connected to several different clouds, and they influence our behavior. They influence how we think. Um, they influence everything that we, um, a lot of things that we do. And you may not be even aware of all the different cultures you're 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 interfacing with. Um, the reason I bring this up is because. London obviously has its own culture. London has its own culture. Its culture has evolved over the years. Its culture has become different over the years. But there's certain elements of London culture that is just there. There's certain dominant elements of it that's just there. And there's a certain attitude, an aggression, (laughs) a wittiness that London culture has Um, and this is very important because growing up in London there's people say that London a bit more aggressive there's a there's a there's a (laughs) there's an aggression there's there's some some parts of London there's an aggression to, to, to the London culture and it's true I think it is true but the origins of that you'll be a little bit surprised like for me for for instant growing up in London my I was I'm the first child of my family uh, when my parents came over just my mum and my dad I was the first child of my family to be born here to be born in London and um, I had to learn very quickly very early <laughs> that there's a certain type of attitude that I had to learn very, very early in living in London. I had to learn it. By force, by fire, I had to learn it. It's a bit of a, an abrasive attitude. Like, what, what are you saying? Like, you just have to always be on guard, be alert. Like, there's an attitude not to, to not be punked. I didn't want to get punked. So I had to 
pick up a certain attitude, a certain way about myself. I had to learn how to fight early. I had to learn these things. Just like someone learning how to ride a bike, I had to learn these things. I had to learn how to fight. I had to learn how to, to how to carry myself. How to not be taken for uh, what people would say, <laughs> taken for a mug. <laughs> I had to learn this. Just like riding a bike, I had to learn this. I had to learn how to fight. I had to learn how to talk. I had to learn how to carry myself. Early, as a young cub, I had to learn these things. But if you grew up in another part of the UK, uh, maybe these attitudes, certain attributes, you don't need to learn because you don't need it for what? Surviving. I had to learn these things to survive or just to get by or just to get by and not taken for a mug because I was not going to take, be taken by a mug for nobody. I don't care. I don't care. I love myself. So learning how to fight, learning how to attitude, learning, learning these things is a vital thing in growing up in London. It was vital. It was, it was vital. It's what I had to learn. Being the oldest of my family, you can be taken for a mug because you don't know too. You may not have an older brother or older sister, or older this to protect you. So I had to learn certain things to protect myself. But just like anything, anything can become toxic. Anything can become toxic. So, um. Londoners, so like this is so that's an that's something that I had to learn, and it's part of London culture. You see what I'm trying to say? Maybe that's not very hard. It's not present if I was born in a village, my mom's village in Ghana. You see what I'm trying to say? So that attitude, I've interfaced with London culture, and I've downloaded it. And I've downloaded it well. <laughs> so yeah, there's so many stories I can go into, but let's. I'm just trying to go with the flow and see if I can if they can feed into into this talk so growing uh in london so where did this type of attitude come from in london because i know a lot of black people have this attitude have that way about and it's not even just london it's like my turkish brothers my bangali my white friends this attitude comes from somewhere but specifically in black people there's it looks like uh like my jamaican brothers we have it a lot more stronger why from my research, um, in the 19, let's go into history. <laughs> in the 1950s, 1960s, when a lot of um, Jamaicans, the Carib- uh, people in the Caribbean, um, came over to the UK because it was for opportunity, work opportunities, a lot of the mothers and fathers will come over and bring their children from 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 the Caribbeans over. When it came over, London was very, very hostile. I know the rest of the UK was like Liverpool, Manchester, etc., etc. But I'm specifically speaking um, London because I'm from London. I've been speaking to a lot of OGs, um, OGs, speaking to a lot of people, um, Jamaicans, Irish, white people, like how things were back then. Um, just to get a lot of perspective and watch a documentary so I have a lot more perspective of London as opposed cause I, as opposed to Liverpool I know what's going on in like other parts of the UK but I'm speaking specifically London so when it came over to the UK especially specifically London London was not easy guys it wasn't not in the slightest like it was hostile hostile mad hostile to black people mad hostile to irish people there were signs people there was a slogan and signs some signs that went around but it's more of an attitude in london that there's no blacks no irish no dogs no blacks no dogs no irish whatever way around it was that was a there were some signs on um bnbs bed and breakfast um, and there were people uh bed and breakfast that just no black people no irish people no dogs were allowed were allowed to be <laughs> were not welcomed yeah people don't realize that irish people were discriminated as well a lot um i've, I've speak to a lot of um like my irish friends about about this about history a lot of black people a lot of irish people just not welcome in london so a lot there was a lot of hostility towards minorities don't forget these guys are minorities that they're, they're in another uh, alien country and they're received they're being received very 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 discriminatory like 
you can just imagine the aggression that they would have received. I know a lot, hearing a lot of stories, they get beaten up. Sometimes their house get um, burnt down. There's a lot of things that went on around that time. So what what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do as a black person? What are you going to do? You're going to have to take up an attitude, take up a no nonsense. You gotta be the baddest man on the block. You got you gotta be the baddest one. So you got these um, people that are bad, are bad against you, that are against you. What are you gonna do? You're going to have to be the baddest man on the block just to survive. So a lot of uh, so a lot of black people had to take up these attitudes, like the Jamaicans had to take up. So Caribbeans in the UK and Irish people also. But I'm not talking on the Irish part of this equation. Um, I'm just specifically focusing on the 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 black part of this equation. <laughs> the word black, I have my own scientific theory of why we shouldn't be called black but that's that's neither here or there <laughs> we'll talk about that another time but yeah so um yeah there's a certain attitude that we just had to learn they they just had to learn they just had to have just to survive because it was a very hostile place to begin with and then you had to be a bit more hostile against the hostility as a black person you had to be just to survive so like i said so in culture this type of attitude gets passed down um, from generations, get passed down um, and it gets embedded part of the London culture. So years later, you had other immigrants from Africa, Ghana, Nigeria, different parts of the world will come, um, black people will come into the UK. And when they come into London, they see this culture, there's a culture when it comes to music, um, when it comes to movement, how to talk, this, so they're coming into it. They have to, they may be um, facing some discrimination, maybe. So it's just natural when you go somewhere, the place starts to shape you. So people start talking like that. Like, like what are you saying, bruv? Like, what, are you dumb? Are you dizzy, cuz? Like, there's certain, <laughs> there's certain attributes and attitudes that you they just start picking up as part of where they grow up so when all these other places people from somalia come over they start picking up this attitude um but like i said uh this attitude this thing came from somewhere you see what i'm trying to say it came from somewhere so we had to pick it up like i said when i grew up i had to think like that i had to think a certain way just to survive but if you become the baddest man on the block right and let's say just let's say you defeat everything let's say You've defeated the opposition. The opposition has now gone underground. Now it's become systemic. <laughs> Let's say the opposition goes underground, and it goes, uh, they go somewhere else. And the attitude is a relic. It still stays there. It, it still serves you to survive. But now you're, it serves you to survive against other people that have that the other people that are, are, are the baddest man on the block. So you got maybe <laughs> maybe other black people are the baddest people on the block you have this attitude against them now their attitude they have the same attitude as you so you now butt heads together <laughs> this is just a way of looking at it you see what i'm trying to say it's just a way another way of looking at it you get me it's another way so you you're bumping heads against each other you have this attitude this attitude automatic uh causes friction but how do we interface with, with these attitudes? Like, you can feel this attitude in music. So we've got grime music, we've got drill. Like, I'm not going to badmouth these music because I used to listen to them. I still listen to a bit of them now, but I'm conscious of what I take into my mind. So I don't listen to these, um, certain music I don't really listen to anymore. Uh, but as a teenager, I remember um, what makes up a culture, like I said, is music mannerisms um ways of talking movies um clothing all these things hold part holds the culture intact um and all of this helps to create certain helps with certain behaviors certain ways of thinking like i said philosophies in the uk um Like when 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 someone's like when someone's about to do a move, like when I mean a move, like they're going to do something bad. I know I know I know some some people. 
what music are they listening to in the whip? In the car? It's mostly <laughs> maybe hip hop, like gangster hip hop, drill, or grime, like depending on the lyrics. And the lyrics is not it's not nice lyrics. It's not nice lyrics. These are lyrics. Like when someone's about to do a move, they're not listening to gospel music in the car. <laughs> they're not listening to gospel music music in the car. If they're trying to they're about to do something bad, they're not listening to gospel music in the car. They're listening to music that mostly that's oh yeah, like gotta done a man down, gotta do this, gotta do that. Like it's quite aggressive music. It's facts, see how it is. Because it's helping amplify how they're feeling. How help it's all it's also it's also things are holistic here. It's also helping to amplify how they feel in that situation and what they what they feel like doing in that situation. So it's it's resonating what they're feeling. So it helps them. Let's say if they want if they're angry about someone, then listen to, to that music. It's amplifying. It's helping them feel it more to go and do it. Like like I said, when when someone's about to do a motive, but do something bad to somebody else, and they're in the car, they're listening to that. They're not listening to gospel. They're not. They're not. The point up. The reason why I bring that up is that, like I said, we create things and they in turn shape us back. Like when I was younger, um, listening to grime, a certain, certain, not all grime, but I still listen to some. But when when you when you're about to do a motive and you're listening to music, let's say that the London culture is a, a dominant part of your culture. Like I said, we interface with different cultures. Let's say that culture, which we have created, London black culture, and let's say the music you're constantly listening to says, ah, when a man does this to you, do this to him, shank him up, done him down, do that to him, do this to him. When a guy does that to me, I done him down. Shank a man up. (laughs) Let's say that's all you're listening to, right? What are you doing to your mind? You're conditioning your mind. You're conditioning your mind to react to certain situations in a certain way. You're conditioning your mind to react to a certain thing in a certain way. So when a certain situation occurs and you've conditioned your mind in just a, just one way to react, your mind will go, let's say someone... Uh, cuts you up or does something bad to you and you're feeling anger if what you were listening to they were expressing anger and how to deal with deal with that anger in one way when you become angry and because of whatever reason you will react in that same way because you've conditioned your mind to react in that way so if a man does something to you automatically because there's a fight or flight you don't think much when there's a fight or flight situation you don't think you just react you react to what you have conditioned into yourself you just react to it you see what i'm trying to say and even if it's not just a a quick reaction you haven't given you're not you may not be interacting with multiple different cultures that will give you different ways of dealing with that same situation like you see what i'm trying to say if the dominant parts of your interaction or culture is that way of reacting that's where your mind is going to go to first and like i said if there's no other type of culture you're interacting with you don't know how any other way of reacting to that situation you see what i'm saying see what i'm saying so um it's it's, it's quite profound that is that that is very profound because um because like we have the power to con to to what we feed into us or to to what conditions us. Like I said, I grew up with certain attitudes, certain behavior, certain certain things. But there's certain things that I learned that I won't. I you you cannot go down. You cannot touch it because once you start inter reacting in a certain way, it's not going to be good for you. Like I, so in my life, <clears throat> I've not. I carried a knife once when I was about 14. But why I was carrying the knife at 14 wasn't the right wasn't the right thing. It wasn't right in the in the, it wasn't right because the mindset yeah oh, I have to protect myself. But a certain situation happened 
um, and, I, and um, when I witnessed the situ- that situation, I was like, no, that's not, that's not for me. That life is not for me, so I put it down. Now, I carry a knife, and I don't see there's a problem with it. There's not a problem with a knife. I fish. <laughs> I do a lot of like camping, nature stuff. So I have a pocket knife, a Swiss Army knife. See what I'm see, now I see your perspective has changed. Now. See what I'm saying? <laughs> I said I carry a knife now, but my mentality is not what the mentality that I, I was carrying at that moment when I was 14. When I was carrying a knife out there. The mentality is not the same. At that time, I was carrying a knife because I want to protect myself from what? But that's the mentality I had there. Now I do. I, I do a lot of, like I said, I do. I do fishing. Um, I do a lot of nature stuff. So I have a Swiss Army knife. Uh, as a man, I feel like you need to have it in your uh, what you call it, your your your, your man pouch, um, your 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 gear. Like I have a survival kit, um, like with my car. Like you need to have some, you need to have it in your car. It's a good tool. It's a very good tool. But the mentality of me being afraid and carry because I'm feeling, I don't fear nothing. Me, I have God on my, I have God in me, so I don't fear um, those type of things. But the point I'm trying to make is that. The mentality that you carry is what the problem is. It's not the tool, you see what I'm trying to say? So, I know you may think that I'm jumping, but I'm trying to cover different, different things. I'm trying to think holistically. (laughs) Holistically. So, the point I'm trying to make is that culture, culture is very, very important. It's very important. Like, when in London, is this, like can't get taken for a dick it can't take for a prick so you have to have um my sorry for my language so you have to have a certain way way about you but like like i said it culture all evolves so it's not got to a point where it's it's become toxic it's become toxic so there's uh a fear uh also when it comes to a lot of a lot of teens now um, and that's how they see the way to protect themselves. That's how they see the way to interact with certain situations. When someone does this to you, you got to do that to them back. If someone does that to you, you got to dun them and down. Like you got see that. So that's conditioning people to think in a certain way. So if a black person is in the UK in London, they're picking up on this. They're picking up on it, and it's coming from where music, attitudes, mannerisms, copying other people. It it all feeds into you. But you need to interact with multiple. I've interacted with multiple different cultures. And I'm still interacting different cultures. There's certain things that I'm not interacting with anymore because I don't want it to influence me. But we need to be conscious of the cloud of the, the cultures that we are interacting with and how is it shaping us. Like certain situations in Ghana culture um, is more calm. It's more wisdom. If someone does something wrong to you, be, be slow to anger. You want to be slow to anger. It gives you different solutions, different ways of dealing with the anger, different ways of dealing with sadness, different ways of dealing with that emotion. But if, like in London, we have this mentality, you just gotta just just do it. It's a fast way of thinking, and I think that is a problem. It's become toxic. That's all I'm saying. It has become toxic. What I'm saying is to, to you, whoever that is living, um, living around around those kind of things, you don't have to get involved in everything that everybody else is doing. I say this to some of my friends: if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You hear about this all the time, and it is true. It is true. You don't have to react to certain situation the same way other people are reacting. You don't have to. You really do not have to. You don't have to. You need to know who you are. You need to know where you are going, what you want for your life. You need to align yourself with your highest purpose and that will help keep you safe. It'll be challenging. You were trying to get out of certain environment, certain ways of thinking. It'll be challenging. A lot of people will turn to Christ or turn to Islam because they give you, you see, that's another culture that gives you a certain way of reacting to certain situations that is more healthier some cultures can become toxic so we need to be aware of this 
be curious ask questions be aware of why you are acting a certain way be aware and be holistic the different ways of dealing with certain situations if you're curious enough you will be able to find different ways of dealing with certain things like my goal is to help you think holistically my one of my goals is to help you think holistically think from multiple different angles at a certain at a given thing a given topic i don't give i don't say this is what you should or shouldn't do but i want you to think a bit more holistically and everything that you do so um yeah give me a sec i've written in some notes to see if i've touched on everything so yeah so my so just to conclude that um i know there's a lot more we can talk about on that there's a lot more there's a lot more um so there's some blind spots i haven't covered there's some blind spots that i haven't covered but there's, there's a lot more there's a lot more but all i'm saying is um If you're someone, boy, girl, that's interacting with that type of culture, just remember, there's, you're not, just be aware, you're not that, you don't have to react in that way. You don't have to. Like, for me, when I was younger, I kind of knew what, like, I knew what I wanted to become. I knew what I wanted for myself, but I was in a situation, I was um, surrounded by things that were not in alignment with my highest purpose. I wasn't. However, because I love myself, I needed to learn certain things in order to survive. For me, I had to learn certain attitudes. So if you get in alignment with what you love, first of all, you may not know exactly what it is that you love. Maybe your mom, your friend, someone, something that God has put in your heart. You need to know what that is. Align with it. I knew what I wanted. from. I love science. I love technology. I knew I wanted to get in a position where... I can learn about these things. I can be part of it. I can create these things. But when I looked left and I looked right, I couldn't see. It wasn't really there. Physically, it wasn't there. But in my mind, I could create it. In my in, in, in my own my environment, I could help look for it. So there's certain things I took up from the culture and there's certain things I didn't want to take up in a culture. Didn't want I was like, nope, that's not for me. Um, so like I said, certain attitudes, I had to learn how to fight early. There's so many stories, but I had to learn how to fight, like physically know how to fight, carry my own. As a young cub, <laughs> as a young cub, there's a lot of lions out there that want to prey on, prey on you as a young cub. But when I started getting my stripes, getting a bit stronger, stronger, like uh, an adolescent lion, yeah, I had a bit more way about myself. So... I was able to get uh, trouble when it try and come. Now I was able to, you know, to assert myself. Um, so that kind of thing I learned. But to get involved with gang life, that was not for me. I didn't see that as a safety. For me, God was my safety um, to some degree. That's just for me. That's just for me personal. Um, so you can interact with cultures, different cultures, but once you know what you love and what you want, you know what what aspect of the culture is is for you that you need, and what aspects that is not for you. And you need to have the courage to just be different. You need to have the courage to be like, okay, this part aspects I like, this aspect I don't like. Like for me personally, I'm never taking drugs, not because I didn't, I don't, I feel like it's such a bad thing. It's just not for me. It was never for me. I've never smoked weed, never taken anything, like nothing. Drugs I've taken, probably paracetamol, <laughs> ibuprofen, etc. I just didn't want to know anything of that life. I didn't want enough. I didn't want to know how it works. I didn't want nothing because that wasn't for me because I knew what I wanted for myself. So whoever's listening to this, I want you to know what, what is what's on your heart, what's in alignment with you. You may not know exactly what you want for your life, but there's a bit of um, there's a bit of a spark that the things just start off with the things that you like, 
what are you good at what do you like what do you love think about that is it music is it football is it science or technology do you want to be an astronaut all these things just let that be your center let that be your center and everything else um because that, that that's that's a gift that's given to you let that be your center let everything else you'll be able to interact to everything else accordingly but have courage though have courage you need courage to be different because it may make it may make you different whatever it is that's on your heart it may make you want to have to do something you may have to sacrifice certain things i remember like when i left school um we're getting to my bonus topics i'm quite excited about that i remember when i left school i had to make a decision either to be like that popular guy because i was getting some notoriety i've discussed this another time this is just a little bit just to just to add to the point i remember i was becoming a little bit popular from like year nine to like year to like gcse times i was just just quite pop i was getting a bit popular i was starting to get girls <laughs> attention from certain people i was like okay it, it, i started off very nerdy at school like very nerdy year seven year eight very nerdy then i started get, becoming a bit popular because i, I like because I, I knew how to fight i like to fight in i like just i was a bit a bit, a bit crazy when i was younger <laughs> but um so I, so I got to I was about to go to like a levels and i was getting having this notoriety kind of thing but I just realized that's not for me. It wasn't for me. I don't I don't rap. I don't I wasn't an MC, but I knew a lot of MCs. I knew a lot of people that made music that were sick, that was killing the game. They, they were good actors as well. But that wasn't in alignment of what I wanted. You see what I'm trying to say? It wasn't in alignment with what I loved. And I wanted to keep exploring. And that's the beautiful word. I wanted to keep exploring the things that the highest thing that I, I was that I loved at the time. So I had the courage to go and explore that, which was in science technology. So I had to take the courage and it took me to lonely paths, to lonely <laughs> uh, pathways. But I quite I enjoyed every moment of it, every moment of it. So I guess what I'm trying to say, what this conversation has turned to is... In me doing that, I started to interact with certain other different cultures, the cloud, that benefited me, that um, helped me in so many different ways that only God knows that if I didn't take that, if I just wanted to be that popular guy, um, that culture, all that culture was teaching me is all that I kind of knew. If I didn't take, have the courage to not like, no, nah, that's fine, I, I'm going to go down this path. I don't know where this path is going to take me. But I did, and it really, really helped me interact with so many different cultures that has now imprinted on me that I've now realized, wow. So my point I'm trying to make is explore that curiosity. Explore that the love that you have in your heart. Explore it. Go through it. Um, have try and see if it's in alignment with your highest version of yourself so i'll just leave that there um part of the black on black violence <laughs> is is a relic it has come certain attitudes in london there's, a, there's an attitude there's a way of thinking there's a way of acting that has become part of the london culture and this is very highly frictional um and a lot of black people had to have this culture just for survival reasons many many years ago but now it's still here and if you're the baddest man on the block and you face another baddest man on the block it's just friction isn't it but all i'm trying to say is there's different ways of thinking and different ways of acting different ways of reacting to a situation if you're conditioning your mind in certain ways of dealing with a certain situation that's all you have at your disposal to dealing with that situation. If you interact with many other different cultures, cultures that interact with that same situation differently, you're giving yourself a different repertoire. 
and giving yourself a repertoire of ways of dealing with the situation. And if you condition yourself in different ways of dealing with, diff- uh, dealing with the same situation, you have more at your disposal in dealing with that situation. And you probably have more at your repertoire, better things at your repertoire, like a Swiss army knife, to dealing with that situation. But yeah, but that's quite indicative. The reason why I say that's quite indicative to like fighting. I love um, fighting. I watch boxing, UFC at times, and certain fighters, when a situation has presented itself, they've conditioned their fight or flight response to reacting at the situation. So when someone throws a punch in a certain way, they've conditioned themselves to move in a certain way and interact and react. So that's the same with life. So it's like. When certain situations come at you and you haven't, you've you've conditioned yourself in a wrong way of dealing with that. That's how you're just going to react to it. So we just have to be mindful of what we take in, of what inter um, cultures that cultures that we are interacting with, because um, this will influence our behavior, our mannerisms, and and everything else. But yeah, okay. So that's uh, the end of. The- uh, of that topic <laughs> um, yes like I said maybe maybe we'll discuss that another time maybe um, we have a bit more uh, other perspective you get me from other people then yeah 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 I think that would be good because they can bring their own perspective their own you know because I know there's a lot of blind spots in that discussion that I haven't I haven't touched on but yeah, so moving on to the bonus, the bonus topic, the bonus, the bonus topic is Ghana in space. Ooh-wee. I love this topic. I love this Ghana. Ooh. My homeland Ghana. God bless our homeland Ghana. <laughs> uh, I love, I love, like the thing is, um, I've been following Ghana Space and Science and Technology Center for quite a while. Um, it just makes me so happy. As a child, I've always wanted to be, there's a few things that I wanted to become. An astronomer and an astronaut was actually one of the things I wanted to become when I grew up. <laughs> and I, when I was younger, I just did, uh, I genuinely believed I was going to be an astronaut and an astronomer. Still believe I can be an astronomer, <laughs> an astronaut. <laughs> but just having this initiative in Ghana makes me so, 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 so happy. Let's read up what is Ghana Space Science Technology and what are they actually doing? Doing. Give me a sec. So, Ghana Space. The Ghana Space Program. Ghana has successfully launched its first satellite into space, Ghana Sat 1, which was developed by students at All Nations University in Kofurigia. Kof, Charlie, I should know how to say this. Kofurigia. There we go. <laughs> it was sent into orbit from the International Space Station. It has opened the door for us to do a lot of activities from space, this person told um, the BBC. Oh, this just, 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 ooh. I love this so much. Like, and Ghana has its own radio telescope. I, ha- I haven't visited it and I wish, I'm going to visit it the next time I go to Ghana. The reason why I love this is because now, we're now, all around the world, we have, uh space space programs we have radio telescopes like even in cambridge we have our own um astronomical society i've been to that a few times and i love i love it um we're asking questions um different countries that have these um that have this initiative bring something to the table you see what i'm trying to say they bring something else something new to the table a, a perspective to the table that may need uh, so perspective and questions to the table 
that is beautiful that builds that that helps to build a better picture of what we're seeing in space or what we are exploring in space and africa being on board on this i feel like it's very 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 cool we've got south africa doing their thing and now we've got west africa ghana that has its own uh, radio telescope and its own program there's other um space programs in africa like nigeria has its own but but adding to it it's like we ghana has its own radio telescope south africa has its own chile has them so that part of the world didn't have a radio telescope to explore the the remnants of of, of the universe um what is a radio telescope and why are they important in the endeavor of uh, space understanding and exploration right let's get you some radio telescope hope everyone's still doing good whoever's still listening i love you guys <laughs> I love you. Whoever's still listening, I love you. Kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> okay, so. So, from the top of my head, let's just go. That's so, a radio telescope is a telescope that uses um, different uh, frequencies. Uh, I think mostly, yeah, like radio waves. Um, you've got even some micro infrared telescopes as well so it's just basically using other um waves of the spectrum of the electromagnetic spectrum to explore space so normal telescopes use visual use use um basically visual the visual aspects of the electromagnetic spectrum to to peer into space so that we can see so the, we've got the visual which is light, um, light waves, light waves. This helps us see um, space. So all the physical stuff that we see in space. But we've got other spectrums of the electromagnetic spectrum that can pick up different things from space that we can't see um, with a normal telescope. So they can pick up different uh, sounds, different different things, um, different things that's going on in space that we can't interact with. So what it does is. Um, convert other parts of the electromagnetic spectrum that it gets in from space into data that we can interact with or into images that we can um, see so that's basically what's great about radio tele radio telescopes because there's so many parts of the the universe that we can't see with the naked eye but they allow us to see these things that we can't see with the naked eye even able to see the same thing if you use a radio telescope to see something that we can already see it gives you different images or different data from those uh from those things um, and, it, and the more data we have that we can get in the better perspective that we have of the universe so yeah so africa ghana being in that we it, it helps it helps um we can bring our own perspective into the conversation and i love that i absolutely love it i love it i love it love it love it so yeah that's just a really exciting for me that's just an exciting an exciting thing and ghana sending their own satellite into space space i believe this gives way this opens a door to many many curious children in in, in ghana to to be doing things I, I know there's a lot of talent a lot of talent a lot of talent in Ghana when it comes to when it comes to this kind of thing because I, I know if I had this in my doorstep as a childless out in Ghana hey my own personality hmm, I will pioneer, help pioneer things there just ho 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 but yeah, okay guys, um, so I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that topic. Um, let's have a bit more of a conversation about this on Instagram. Um, if you want to 
come on the podcast and talk about different things please let me know and also i have a fiverr account a fiverr account that if you want if you want a whiteboard animation done i can create a whiteboard animation for you whiteboard animations are great are great tools to help you teach um, marketing tools to help you teach your brand whatever you have product that you may you may have whiteboard animations help they're very great tools to explaining things they're very visual people are very visually orientated so whiteboard animation are visual aids and visual tools that i can help create for you starting from fiverr hence the name um and if you want other um if you want other things done like a, a voice actor i can get you a professional voice actor on your on your marketing whiteboard animation this could be for anything it could be a product that you're selling it could be a youtube channel that you have i can create these whiteboard animations for you and if there's any research that you need done for these whiteboard animations i can definitely do that for you so for this please look at the description below and it'll take you to my fiverr account anyway guys thank you so much for listening um i appreciate that so much and remember stay curious and remember that you are blessed peace out